Pastor Moore. Jump on him, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody excited about the new coat. Hallelujah. And thank God we can take off the old coat, put on a new one, become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we don't have to wait till we get to heaven because that may be one day too late. (laughs) Amen. We want to do it now while there's time. Amen. To do it. Amen for the Lord. Got your Bibles, Isaiah 40. And we'll start about 28, 40 and 28. It's good to see you by the house of the Lord tonight. It is good to see Mr. Bill back with us tonight. God bless him. Amen. Come to worship the Lord with us and each one of you. Uh, no doubt we've got some that's sick and out. Some that's gone out of town. Others got other obligations and uh, things of that nature. We know this is a night before school night, so we have not forgot. We're going to pray over our children. Uh, school, we actually going to take a little more time in that area because we're living in a time, we're living in a world. I'm telling you what, we need some protection that's greater than who and what we have and what we have to offer. And so, you know, we're definitely not going to take this lightly. I don't believe we ever have, but uh, we, we realized a few years ago before maybe some of this had started, we had done started doing some of this, and now we see how important it is that our prayers, not only tonight, but throughout the year, to be with our children, our grandchildren, the teachers and the administration, everybody that's involved. So we will be doing that. Isaiah 40. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, man, there's a key, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God, we love you tonight and appreciate you. So thankful for the written word of God. Lord, we ask you to help us tonight to deliver it with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Move upon every heart, every soul, every individual in this place tonight. Open our ears of understanding heart to receive it. We're going to give you the glory and the praise and the honor as you use us here tonight for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, bless you and you may be seated. It will be a little different tempo tonight, I do believe. And I'm not going to be lengthy at all. I'm going to try to take and be brief, 15, maybe 20 minutes. Give us plenty of time to uh, take and pray over our children and the school system. Uh, more than just for protection, but I want, I want our students, amen, to have a desire and a passion and, and uh, to learn. And not only that, but not to be intimidated. And you know what's amazing, what they, our children have to face, all the children. Amen. That's not just in school, but uh, things they have to face. So they need our prayers. So let me let me go back to this. Some of you may think that uh, I called Brother Ford and talked to him a little bit about what I'm going to say tonight. And, amen. He got right on it when he got talking about the upper room of those that tarried and waited in the upper room. And uh, tonight, amen, the title of the lesson is The Glory's Worth Tearing or Waiting On. The Glory is Worth Waiting or Tearing own. Um, a number of reasons it brought this about in prayer and then 
uh, then just studying it out, what, what, what happened. And, and I'd never really heard this before. But to listen to some of Brother Odom's uh, his teachings here lately. And he's the first, the book of Acts, the beginning of it, the first lesson of it. I listened to it, just happened to listen to it this week. And uh, it was already kind of in my mind and heart and things. And, uh, but anyway, he mentioned in that, that lesson, I almost wanted to call him today, but he stays so busy, I hate to do it, but, uh, so I didn't. But uh, I almost wanted to and just done it, but I didn't. But uh, he mentioned this, and what I meant, mean by this, he says, you know, we, we've got away from services. He said, if we're not careful, said we got lined up one or two songs and, and uh, things like that. And said, if things don't happen, say we just kind of move on and we'll get up and preach our little sermons. And said, if nothing don't happen, said we just kind of go through the chalet, just, you know, and then, you know, we leave. And, and he said, but I can remember. He said, it's been a long time, but he says, I remember. And this is what he called them. And I, I'll be honest with you, I've never heard of it. Never really, I don't know. I, I've, I've experienced lingering and I've, I've experienced uh, you know, after services and things of that nature. And, and, and really, uh, Sunday night was uh, probably a little taste of this. A man of what God, I believe, is really wanting to lead us to. And it won't always be this way. And it always won't be these types of services. But as we watch some of the scriptures I bring out tonight and what I'm talking about here tonight, and it's good Wednesday night for this, amen, but as to tarry or to linger, waiting on the move of God and the voice of God and the presence of God. You and I all know that regardless of how talented we are and how gifted we are and how educated we are and, and all the areas, amen, from off the platform, from the pew and whatever, how you want to look at it, we all must have that anointing. We must have the, the presence of God and the power of God upon us for it to be affected and that works both ways as anointing leaves this pulpit it's got to go out into those chairs and upon those lines and it's got to rebound and it flows and it works back and forth that way and there's nothing like it when the power and the presence of the Lord is in it but as he talked about this he says he said I can remember said we'd be in services and, and he called them lingering services as though they had services back in some of the old days they didn't come to preach they didn't come to sing but they would come and just gather together and they would sit or, or maybe kneel or be in, in the auditorium and, and they would just wait on God. Nobody, a lot of times, wouldn't be saying nothing. You know, they would just be there and, and they would be maybe praying to themselves. And he said, in a little while, you'd begin to hear somebody start saying hallelujah. He said, it'd be kind of low and, and, you know, in that manner and that way. And said, after a while, he said, and then somebody else would join in. He said, in a little while, said, man, the power of God and the glory cloud would move in and move upon that service and said man you talking about having a move of God and a visitation of God and, and so as I studied this out and prayed about it and some of these scriptures here in the very scripture text I started with I'm going to wind up with this from Isaiah amen it's those that tarry on the Lord I'm telling you we're living in a world and a time we're being designed we're being fashioned amen to be in the fast lane if we don't get something in a hurry man we move on to the next thing and, and if we're not careful we'll do the house of God and, and the service of God the same way. If it doesn't come in our time schedule, if it doesn't come when we think it ought to, then we're just going to move on to something. And I just wonder how many times we moved and left the glory before the glory ever showed up. All of us knowing, amen, that without the glory of God, we've wasted our time. I believe, you know, tearing and waiting on the glory 
And I'm going to take you right to the scriptures he's done mention tonight. Amen. Because they had to tear him wait. Because Jesus Christ didn't tell them in five days. Jesus Christ didn't tell them wait three days. They didn't really have a clue how long they was going to have to wait. But they knew there was a promise coming from the Father. And they knew by the words of Jesus Christ and the instructions he left them for what John had taught them. That they was going to be baptized. Amen. With the Holy Ghost and with fire. They knew there was going to be a token. There was going to be a sign. And they was willing. Amen. For seven to ten days to tarry and wait on it. I'm going to tell you something even on a Wednesday night like this. It's worth making, amen, whatever whatever sacrifices you got to make to make it out on a midweek service because I'm telling you, even on a midweek service, there can be a break out of the Spirit. And with a break out of the Spirit, I'm telling you, miracles will take place. With a break out of the Spirit, amen, people can get the Holy Ghost. With a break out of the Spirit, it can make a difference for the rest of your week. So we got to be very careful even on midweek services. And I try my best, and you know I do, you know, by 8.30 or so. And I understand, you know, with school. And, and I really, I appreciate, I appreciate you coming and being faithful, and you know. And so I take all of that in consideration. But at the same time as we watch this and begin to really begin to try to grasp and understand, amen, that there's some things worth tearing for, waiting on, being patient with. I mean, he's got any trouble with patience. I mean, he has no trouble with patience. Maybe that's the way I need to ask that. You know, I'm in a house full of folks. Y'all don't have no trouble patience, man. We can, we can wait on God day and night, can't we? Hallelujah. Tell somebody you're going to be there or somebody said better yet when somebody tells you they're going to be there. <laughs> man, I, I mean, he's ever, you know, walked in the house of God and it was about five minutes after seven and you want to know why hadn't it started yet. Your pastor's wondering why hadn't you been here 35 minutes ago. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I just figured I'd slip. I just figured, I just figured I'd slip that in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, you know, you, everybody's got to get here. And so as we watch this, we're going to learn the importance, amen, of tearing and waiting and taking God at his word and the man of God. When he gives us instructions out of the word of God, it's important. Amen. Regardless of the pressure. I know we're living in a world that's full of a lot of pressure. Amen. And there's a lot of competition and battle for your time and battling for your energy but I'm here to tell you you know what I want the attention of heaven because we're the doorway we're the Bethel we're the only doorway that can introduce this world and this community to the glory of Jesus Christ and the power thereof and I'm telling you amen and the Holy Ghost they need experience of old glory because that's what's going to pull them out of the dens they're in some of you need a visitation of old glory I'm telling you your countenance will change in the house of God When old glory moves back in, you know what's going to move in with her? Old-fashioned fear. Amen. Amen. Old-fashioned fear that, hey, I'm in the house of God. I'm not going to be just casual. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be mean. Uh, I'm not, you know, I probably got a little overbearing Sunday night with some of it. Maybe you didn't take it wrong, but maybe you might have. When I talked about listening to preaching every day, I wasn't I wasn't insinuating you're going to hell if you didn't listen to preaching every day. But what I'm telling you, what's available with technology? Now we can just let darkness and evil and wickedness eat it all up and have it all, or we could tap into some. I'm gonna tell you again: don't depend on what comes just from this pulpit for a good, healthy diet.
Okay? If you're going to feed your soul three times a week, I want you to start doing that in the natural. Choose whatever meals. Eat whatever you want to eat. Let's compare them and see how they work out. That's all I'm saying. And so there's an opportunity there. Amen. Of tapping into some of these riches. And it can be dangerous. Because when you tapped into some of those podcasts, there's some, going to be some invitations over there too. But you got the book. And you got the Holy Ghost. And you know apostolics. And you know what to follow. <laughs> okay? Hey, I'm here, I'm just, it's all about tearing and waiting. And so, no doubt, we're living in a world today and an hour where, you know, time, and time is, time is, some would say money, precious. Time is waiting on nobody. That clock's going to kick, tick, no matter what you do. Ain't no way to slow it down. I'll never forget one time talking to Sister Wilton. She was already in her 90s. She's told me, she said, well, I don't feel 90s. She said, you know, times that sometimes it feel like it was just yesterday that I was sitting on that front porch with Daddy and him and singing those songs of Zion and, and just enjoying life. But she said, here I am. I'm 90 years old. Just seems like in no time. So time is waiting on none of us. So I understand that time is precious and time is important. But the most important time that you and I've got is the time we give and spend with Jesus Christ. Because on the day of rapture, on the day of judgment, the investments we made into this kingdom and given ourselves into this call and election is going to far outweigh everything else. A lot of great people upon this earth has been recognized and got great, great recognitions across this earth as being great people and smart people and things of that nature. But on that day, their names are not going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life if they hadn't followed the plan of salvation, if they hadn't taken out time. Now watch this. Time. I'm talking about time a little bit. Watch this. Go to, go to your Bible. Listen to what Jesus taught us with the four types of soil. And one of those, the ways of life, the cares of life, choking out the Word of God. I'm telling you, we're living in a world today that's being choked out by the cares, amen, and the things of life. Amen. Trying to pay for this and pay for that and get this and get that and, and, and own this and have that. And if you're not careful, we, we work, we labor. We work our fingers to the bone trying to make a dollar bill to pay another bill and to accomplish this and to accomplish that. But all said and done, only thing that's really going to matter is when you shove all of that aside. Saying, I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. I'm going to find him in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to find, oh, glory, amen, back alive in my soul and back alive in my heart. Amen. Because having a walk and a talk with him is more important than talking with buddy down the road. Amen. Spending some time, amen, talking to him and loving him. So if you would, just for a little while here tonight, let me just carry us through a few scriptures and through a times of, of tearing. There's different times that the term has came up, and I'm going to mention a few of them, and then we'll just move right on into what we're talking about here because I'm not going to try to be lengthy tonight. But in, in Lot's life himself in, in Genesis 19 and 2, and he said, Behold now, my Lord's turn in. He's talking about the two angels that, that after the leaving of time of Abraham, and Abraham had done intercede and called out and to ascent to, to Sodom and Gomorrah there to bring judgment upon this particular city. And so when they walked in the city, Lot recognized immediately who they were. Amen. What they represented. Amen. And Lot didn't even hesitate. But watch what he says when he calls to them. Turn in, I pray thee, into your, to your servant's house. And tarry 
literally all night. Notice he didn't want them being out. He said he gave them time. And so there's some things, amen, when you terrify. Hallelujah. That there's a limit. There was a time. You're looking for an expected moment time. Hallelujah. And so here, amen, the lot as he called upon these two angels, amen, to come into his house, amen, and spend time with him all night. He didn't want them out in the streets. And you know why? I'm not even going into all of that. I'm just going to focus on the term Terry and try to just lay down something here tonight that will go along with that. There's a time later on in Genesis, in the Genesis, the 27th chapter. It's a time of Rebecca. It's a time that Jacob, Jacob and Esau, you know, you know the whole story, so I'm not going to go into that. But uh, there's also things, amen, that you're going to tarry and look for that's never going to happen and never going to take place. Such as the time here with Rebecca. When you go to Genesis 27 and 44, and tarry with him a few days until my brother's fury is turned away. And what she's talking about, because the method and the way that Jacob had used to get the birthright, Esau was beside himself and had purposed in his heart to take Jacob's life. And so Rebecca had went to Isaac and told him to send him away, amen, until his brother wrath and so she's telling Jacob amen to tarry thy what for a few days amen but you know what amen Jacob didn't get to tarry just a few days the Bible if you read out the history you're going to find out that Jacob spent some 20 years and as far as I can tell by the scriptures Rebecca never got to see her son Jacob ever again even though she told him to go and tarry for just a few days until his anger has calmed down he's got over his fury and you can come back home but she never got to see her precious son called Jacob Amen. Because it was 20 years later before Jacob ever gets to come back. But I'm here to tell you when we tarry for things that's upright and wholesome, it's going to be worth tearing for. But we got to make sure what we're willing to wait for. It's amazing to me the attitude of some people that can go to a physician in the natural and they'll wait in a waiting room for hours to see this specialist or see this individual. But we don't have much time, no patience when it comes to the house of God or get into the line of prayer. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just telling you our attitudes, amen, will turn into altitude in the power and the moving of Jesus Christ. If we come with that kind of patience and that kind of determination, hallelujah, that you know what? I believe Jesus can touch me. I believe Jesus can change my situation. And I'm willing to tarry in his house. Hallelujah. We have a more or less church than we've ever had in America when we ought to be having more church. Because the Bible instructs us in the end day, amen, that we ought to gather so much the more instead of less. I'm telling you, if it's anything you and I ought to be doing is finding our way to the house of God and be willing to tarry at the house of God. They can go to their ball fields and they go to the cathedrals and sit out and stay out to midnight and still get up and go to work. But you know what? I want to be willing to come to the house of God and linger and tarry at the house of God. Now, I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> I really am. I'm, Laban, you could go again further on in Genesis, the 30th chapter. You could see there with Laman. Laman knew that called upon Jacob now. Jacob had, at the point he was fixing to part, Joseph had been born and he wanted to leave. He wanted to go. And so he goes to Laman and he finds out Laman doesn't want to. But listen to what he says about him. In the 27th verse, Laman said unto him, talking about to Jacob, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, tarry. Why? For I have learned by experience that the Lord had blessed thee for thy sake. So there's times that we're called on for different reasons and different purposes, sometimes in life. Amen. Have you, have you, have you dealt with children before? You're right in the middle of something you really need to get through, and they come up to you, 
you know, mama, daddy, whatever it might be. <laughs> and they really don't care what you're doing, and they don't really care how important it is, and they don't really care if you're on the phone, and they really don't care if you're calling to the president or who you're talking to. And they don't really care if it's about a million dollars, and they don't really care. Amen. But then you go, Shh, just, just a minute, just, just one minute, just, just give me a... And they never stop. Hallelujah. They never, they never back off. Amen. And so, you know, we, to, to Terry, it's really not in our makeup. It's not in our, char- our character. It's not a normal thing. And, you know, having tearing services, lingering services. Hallelujah. I just wonder so sometimes, though, what would really happen with us with the right spirit and the right attitude when we felt, amen, I feel that lingering spirit. And we just decide to hang around a while. And we just start, and we don't have to sing, and we don't have to preach, and we just kind of just you know find a place maybe sit down find a place and just kneel we're just waiting on God to show up we're just waiting on glory to show up because I feel because see Terry means waiting with expectation waiting with expectation and when you come in the house of God with a spirit and the attitude I think it's worth the waiting if God don't show up in the first song well we'll sing the second one if you don't show up in the second we'll sing the third one and if you don't show up in that well we'll do a little preaching but you know what we're not going to leave until the Holy Ghost shows up because he promise where two or three are gathered in his name he would be here and since that promise I got the book to back me up and a God that can fulfill every promise and so when I come together with my brothers and sisters and willing amen to pay the price because I got an adversary and I got a carnality that's doing everything it can to rob me of it right now some of you battle with your own mind you can't shove everything else out of your mind hear what I got to say tonight because your world is so entangled so many other things. It's hard to just shove it all aside. And if you're not careful, and if we're not careful, because we'll tell you something. Without the glory of God and the visitation, we'll wind up no different than any other group. It's just coming together. Because we come together for one, one, one reason. That's Jesus Christ. That's the hand of the voice, the power of God to move in this house. And not just upon us, but through us. I agree 100% what Brother Ford said the other morning about our cups and bringing our cups. Amen. That they could be filled up. But can I, can I say something with the Holy Ghost checked me about? But the Holy Ghost checked me immediately. He said, yeah, but I want some of these seasoned saints, 20 and 30 and 40-year-old ones. Instead of coming with empty cups, they ought to come with full cups, sloshing out, running over. Because they already been tearing in the presence of God. And they didn't wait till a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. But they got a hold of it on a Monday and a Tuesday. They're bubbling over by Wednesday about 2 o'clock. They're on go and ready to go. Amen. I'm excited about coming to church on this Wednesday night. I didn't just drag in and just make it. Hallelujah. Because, amen, all of my idol gods is robbing me of my energy and of my time. And where we give our time and where we give our energy. I'm here to tell you tonight that's our God. Where we have more, more, more patience and more willingness to tarry and linger in the presence of those things and don't have the desire to linger in the presence of God. We got a problem, ladies and gentlemen. I know we don't like using this, but that's just like some of these. That's where we got to be careful with this technology stuff. We'd spend hours on some of those things. You got 24 hours a day, and then God's pretty good at math. God's pretty good with numbers. <laughs> he keeps a pretty good record, too. Every deed, the Bible says. 
See what I'm saying? So we have a desire, a passion. I said it wasn't going to be long. I'm, I'm trying not to be. I promise you I am. I'm trying. Okay, let's move on. So, so as we move from that, we can see with Joseph even in the, in the 45th chapter of Genesis. Amen. There, there. And I'll just be quickly with this one. But it was a time that his brothers came. And it's time to Jacob. And you know the interpretation of the dreams. And, but it was only, now watch this, seven years of the famine. But it had only been two years of the famine. And here, here, I mean, Jacob and his, his, his sons are starving to death. And they're always already making their way to Joseph. And Joseph sends back to Jacob. Tells his brothers to go back and tell him, don't tarry. Don't wait any longer. There's some things you don't need to wait about. You've got to respond. And you've got to move then. And so different ways you look at Terry and, and, and waiting. And so here's one of those examples where Joseph said now's not the time buddy. Now's the time to move. Now's the time to stop. Today is the day of salvation. You don't have tomorrow but you got right now. This is the only time you got. So how you use that time. Amen. And so I'm telling you nothing's more important than the house of God. I know we're living in a world where they've done everything they possibly could to tear down the importance of the house of God. Amen. And, and, and we've lost our respect amen to the house of God. And, and we've allowed spirits and, and things of that nature to slip in and rob us. And on our part, on the pulpit's part, amen, we have failed to stand in the gap. And we failed, amen, to be the voice. And we failed to make the stand that God wants us to. I'm telling you, there's too many local assemblies that's run by a board and run by the pew and not by the pulpit. But I'm telling you, when the pulpit's bound, everything else is going to be bound. If it's not, it's going to be. It won't be but a matter of time. You can't bind up and lock up the pulpit and expect to get out of the pits or stay out of them either. You can't bind the pulpit up. Expect to stay out of the pits. Because none of us are smart enough. We can, we're not smarter than the devil. You're not going to outmaneuver him. <laughs> Snares are set. The traps that are set. Man, that's the reason a lot of things going on. And I don't mean to jump these rabbits. I'm just going to try to move on here. Again, you can see with even Moses, this got Israel in trouble, amen, because uh, Moses made it very clear to them, amen, where he's going. They knew where he's going. They had saw. They saw the splendor and the glory of God upon that mountain. But in Exodus, we're going to see here in Exodus 12 and 39, and they... they and they was thrust out. I'm going to bypass that. and could not tell you. I'm going to go to the next. Exodus 20, 24. And he said unto the elders, now this is Moses talking to him, tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. If any man have any matter to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. The glory of the Lord abode upon the mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And seventh day he called Moses unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. So even here, he's already been gone. This is the seventh day before God ever even calls him. Amen. Into this. And we know. We know how it went. And so after a little while, you, you go through some of this and God gives him everything, all the tabernacles and plans and all this stuff. And you go to Exodus 32nd chapter. Listen to the first verse. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. A delayed. He just delayed. Amen. To come down. What is a delay? Amen. We know that he spent 40 days. And then if you add the other seven. So at the most he was gone was 47 days. They saw where he went. They 
knew where he went. They knew what mountain, what glory, and what place he went. They had Ur, they had Ur and they had Aaron there to help them along with the problems. But Aaron didn't hold up. You know the story. But because of this delay, and they simply tell Aaron, we don't know what's happened to this man called Moses. They knew exactly what happened to that man. They knew exactly where he's at. But this is how lust and this is how sin, amen, can begin to blind you. And how uh, not being patient, amen, with God. And willing to wait on God. Hallelujah. Can cause us very can cost us very dearly. Amen. Because a lot of people, when it comes to God, they want it, they want it spontaneously. They don't have a near as the patience. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're, we're not careful, watch this. We don't have near the patience with our brothers and sisters that we'll have with a nobody out there and somebody we don't even know. Hallelujah. And shame on us. Whenever we ought to have patience and be kind and gentle long suffering with those that we know and those that we love and, and we put our trust into. So God help us here. Amen. Because I'm telling you, we warn against a spirit. Amen. Because everything with the computer age and the hour and the day that we're living in, fast foods and everything else. And you know what? Everybody's in a hurry to do what? Hey, I, I talk to myself sometimes. I get to want to go home, so I'm meeting this man. I want to drive 100 miles an hour. I just want to get home. What you got to do? Well, not, not that, that, that point, you know. Go home, eat supper, see my wife, and you know, but but nothing. The house is not on fire. At least I hope not. <laughs> this house on fire may drive a hundred. Because <laughs> I sure don't want that baby to burn down, I can tell you right now. Oh God, have mercy, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want that thing to burn. I'm not interested in building another house. Y'all build all y'all want to. I'm interested. I am over the house building. <laughs> Praise God. I don't, I don't want to add on. I don't want to do none of that. I don't want to remodel. <laughs> she does, but I might never. I know. I don't. I'm content. I'm satisfied. I'm, you know, but it don't take a whole lot. Okay. So, oh well. Here I am. I'm gonna get in trouble again tonight. But I'm trying not to. Praise God. But 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 just listen to what I'm saying. Amen. Your time. Your time is precious. And every second, every second we've been spent here, it's gone. You can't get it back. You can't never. I don't care how much money you got. I know everybody's trying to buy time. If they're not trying to buy time, why are they trying to look younger? Why are they trying to buy the, this and that and all these other stuff to have health and energy and life and add to their days? Amen. Everybody. He wants it. But if we're going to spend it, how are we going to spend it? It's what's the most important thing in our lives. And you know what? Watch this. Watch this. What are we seeking for? What are we looking for? He's got the words of eternal life. That's the very thing everybody's looking for. Eternal life. And watch this. With a guaranteed of a glorified body. You don't have to worry about heart problems. You don't have to worry about arthritis. So, so what we're tearing to come and what we're waiting on is a very, very part of an ingredient that's going to help us to attain the very thing that we're really, really looking for. That's eternal life without pain, heartaches, without tears, without death. But if we're not careful, we'll listen to flesh and we'll listen to the devil. And he'll have us hurrying up. Man, y'all hurry up. And I don't want us to start late. That ain't what I'm saying. But I don't want to come in here and hurry up and just start, you know. Got to start right now because I got to get out, buddy. I got a schedule I'm at. That didn't go over real good, but. 
I got my Pop-Tart set. It's 8.30, and I got to be there. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Amen. But, but you know, you understand what I'm saying here. And so why is it so important to Terry? And I know the pressure gets on us sometimes. Let me use Saul for just example here for just a minute, and I, I'm going to quit. Uh, we got about 20 minutes, so, so give me just a couple minutes. Let me use Saul for just a minute here. Uh, if you go back to Saul from 1 Samuel's 10th chapter, the call that's upon his life and the original call that was on his life. And, and, and then whenever Samuel spoke to him, when you go to 1 Samuel's 10 and, and 8, and thou shalt go down before the Gilgal and before I will come down unto thee to offer up burnt offerings, sacrifices, amen, sacrifice a peace offering, seven days shalt thou tarry. He tells him, he said, you got to wait seven days. Okay, Saul. And so from that point now, and you go through, and there's two or three chapters, and there's some, there's some really beautiful things and powerful things even out of Saul's life. If you go back and read that in between those two episodes, okay? One of them I find kind of amazing as after the anointing and after he anointed him and they all go back to their tents, Saul goes back to his. And then you got the, the king of the Moabites, it comes up against a certain group of Nahash. And, and when his word gets out, and they're going to try to make a covenant with him. And he talks about he wants the right eye. And so they, they, they just get the word out to get somebody to help him. And so Saul, when he comes in from the field, he hears about this. He said, you know, what's ailing y'all? What's your problem? And they tell him, and he takes a, a yoke of oxen. He cuts them up, and he sends it across all of Israel. And 330,000 men are moved and joined together by Saul. If you read it close enough and do any study on it, it simply says they became as one. You talk about unity. Man, Saul done an awesome job. But you also got to remember now when they first anointed him, set him up, they couldn't even find him. And the Lord had not spoke to him who he was and what, what tribe to get him and and then the Lord had to tell him where he's at. He's hid himself among the stuff. Somewhere between all of that and here. Because now when you slip over and you go all the way to the 13th chapter. And Saul had tarried, waited now for seven days. And the Philistines were against them. And the people began to scatter. And, and no doubt Saul was probably looking at the clock. <laughs> Watching it. I know what the man of God said. But I sure don't see him on the horizon nowhere. I don't see no dust coming up from nowhere. I, I feel the pressure on me. I feel this thing coming against me. And so you know the story from that 8th verse to the 13th verse. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering. And behold, Samuel came immediately after Saul took it upon himself to make the sacrifices. Here comes Samuel in. Amen. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me. And that thou comest not within the days of the appointed that this Philistines gather themselves together. Let me help you us out here. I'm going to tell you something. Whenever you simply obey this, I don't care what the outcome is in this world and in this life. If you'll just take this to heart and if you'll obey it, no matter God gives you something out of this and it's from God, you just stay with it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how severe the storm gets. It doesn't matter how much time is running out. You just stay with it. And you know why? Because you're putting the pressure on God and the man of God, not yourself because you're obeying. If Saul would have just kept practicing what he'd already been practicing, this is what the man of God told me to do. So I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to take it on my own to offer no sacrifice. That's not my place. I'm the king and I've been anointed to be king, but I'm not the anointed one to offer these sacrifice. The man of God said to wait. So I'm going to wait. And so immediately whenever he did not wait, amen. So, so what I'm trying to tell you is, uh, now watch this. The modus of the world. In other, in other words, what's it? Convenience. 
the practical thing to do. I hear it pretty often. I heard it just in the hardware store a few days ago. I had a couple of guys come in, and they were talking about stuff and talking about it's a lot of about this end time and uh, things going to happen. And uh, I've got all these guys that wants to tell me, you know, a country boy is going to survive. And now I got where I tell them. I said, yeah, but the scripture says uh, even the wild animals and all. I said, hey, God controls all of them. He's going to take all the deer. He's going to take all these wild hogs. And so how's the old country boy going to survive when they ain't none to shoot? <laughs> when God gets ready to shut her down, honey, he's not going to leave a bunch of loopholes. We're going to have to depend on him. Exactly where he's going. And so here's what I hear from a lot of people. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to do the practical thing. But the practical thing is for me to do. And that's what Saul was doing here. That's exactly what Saul was doing. I don't want a Saul spirit. I don't want to do the practical thing. I want to do what God says and the word of God. Because I understand that's what's going to get me out of here. Regardless of the practical thing you have, right? This is what you ought to. Well, I know that may not have went, but anyway, but he's, he wasn't willing to tarry and to wait. And it cost him. In fact, if you read it on, it cost him the kingdom. It cost him. I'm telling you, regardless of what it looks like and feels like, when you know that you're right according to this book, and you know you're right in the Holy Ghost, you just make your stand. Just like Paul said. You just tarry and wait on God. And God will make a way. Okay? God will work it out. He always has, and he always will. Huh. It may not go like we want it. Let me ask you something. I know I do this often, but, but the first martyr of the New Testament if you listen to the world and the practical thing to done for Stephen, huh, they'd have said, man, the best thing you've done, you ought to shut your mouth and walked away from it and kept your mouth shut before they stoned you to death. But that wasn't the will of God. But Stephen's the winner. Stephen's the one that's victorious. He's the one that saw the glory. He's the one that saw the vision. So we have to be the same way sometimes. I know this ain't, <laughs> well... And so as we push on here, and I know my time, I'm going to bypass a page on this account because I know my time's up. I'm going to forget about the watch. I'm going to forget about, you know, if the man knew the watch, the hour, he wouldn't let his house get things of that nature. But, but let's go to uh, Luke 24. Watch this. This is the words of Jesus. And, and you could stand because I'm, I'm through. We're going to get the students up here and the teachers up here, and we're going to pray and going to ask God Amen. And um, I don't mean to rush, but at the same time, I, I want to, this is, this is real important right here for us. And so, <laughs> so, Terry simply means delay or to linger in expectation. And so, when you go back to the words of Jesus Christ in Luke 24 and 46 and 49, the 49th verse, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And then you go to Acts 1, 4, and 8. And whenever being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. I'm going to take you back now to Isaiah. 
And we talked about that. If you back up, he talks about his, his riches and he couldn't, the understanding of his riches and, and who he's the Lord of hosts and the creator of the heavens and all this stuff. And he works his way down. He talks about the, the, the strength and even the young that gets weary and all these things. But those that wait upon the Lord, there's a promise to be what? Mounted up. As we make our way to the front, could it be the reason there's so much weariness in our minds and in our bodies is because we're not willing to wait and tarry and wait on the Lord and His glory to show up, to minister, and to lift us up. I mean, this is poor, but I'm going to do it. If you got a severe headache and you got one medicine here, you read on a bottle and says, hey, this medicine, you know, it's pretty good medicine, all that, but it'll take two hours to take care of the pain. You pick this one up and says, man, in 15 minutes you're going to feel a difference. Which one are you going to take? And so our whole life is geared this way. You know, it amazes me, all these car dealers and everything and these trucks, you know, I hear all these guys talking about them. They want them to run 110 miles an hour, but I don't know anywhere you can drive 110 miles an hour and be legal. But it's all about speed. It's all about hurrying up. When somebody, you know, it, it's amazing to me. Sometimes we'll get the phone call and they'll, they'll ask you, you know, you know, they'll ask you things like this. So ask you how many, you know, two before we got two before Yeah, we got some. Two before we got three. Yeah, we got some. How many you got? How many you need? You know, I mean, I ain't been out your count them lately, but I, we got, you know, two or three hundred. But how many you need? Well, I need two. Well, we got them. Okay, you see? And if you're not careful, you know, you got the guys, they'll call in, they'll say this, and they want us standing at the door with it, hanging out the door with their receipts and everything and ready. I mean, they're busy. They, they, they got to roll. And they act like there's nobody else waiting on. I mean, it happens all the time. I ain't being ugly. I hope I ain't bad business deal here. I'm just, I'm just telling you life. I'm just telling you where I'm at. What we deal with a lot of times. You've been, if you work for the public, you've been involved in it. You understand what I'm talking about, man. They want their stuff, you know, done first. And, and you know, they want to be first in line. You know, sometimes you got some guys that'll walk in there. You can have two or three folks. They'll butt right on in there. You're on the phone. You're in front of you. And you're going, I don't good, good with one conversation. But that's what's going on. You have three of them going like that, and you have another guy going out. Hey, write this down on my invoice. And what is that? Everybody's in a hurry. Nobody wants to tarry. Nobody wants to wait. I mean, as soon as we get here, when this little fellow gets hungry, you know what he's going to do? He don't care if it's 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he gets hungry. I want to be fed. And you know what? If mom and daddy don't hurry up and show up, I'm going to let them know. I'm going to get all red-faced and upset and mad. And you know the bad part about that? We don't grow out of it a whole lot. Praise God. I'm sorry. I'm in trouble again tonight. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But, 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 but especially with God is what I'm trying to say with God. Because we want God. I'm telling you, God's working on us. Brother Ford and I, we talked about it this past week. You know, you got folks that, that just live whatever kind of life for years and years and years. And don't, get, don't take this wrong. God, in one moment, he, he delivered that lunatic in one moment. Okay? 
But there are times and situations whenever God, and God only knows. God knows when he put one of signs. God knows whenever he done this, and God knows when he done that. And so he doesn't treat everybody just the same. You know why? Because you don't know how many times God's already visited them. Even Israel, he told them ten times, ten times. They rebelled and stiff-necked and, and finally reached that point in place. And so all of that don't change. But here's the key. we got to be hungry enough. And, and thirsty enough and saying, you know what? It's worth the wait. I thought it was amazing for the Bishop Odom to be talking about this same thing in this same area huh, about some of those services. And he called it lingering services. And he said, no preaching, no singing. He said, he'd just be kind of quiet, really. I don't know how long they, they waited. I remember reading about, and I can't remember the, the preachers. It was one of the big guys. Brother Seymour, uh, some of them. You know, how he, you know how he was in services? He'd come into service and sit with a box. I've got to go back and find that story. He sit there. They may worship for hours until he would take that box out. You know what he was doing? He was waiting on God to tell him what to do. And from that, they would have miracles and wonders and signs. The power of God would move. They would, they would I mean, it'd be unreal what would take place. How many of us have come here sitting with a box on our head? <laughs> I mean, we spend hours on our head. <laughs> I understand that, but I'm telling you, it embarrassed us to death. We'd never take the box off. <laughs> We'd want, I wonder if everybody's left yet. <laughs> I'm just telling you where we at. That's us, okay? But, but to, to love God and to have the power of God, you know, we've got to be willing sometimes saying, you know what? I'm not that busy. I'm going to take out some time. I'm going to wait. That's what we're going to do here tonight, and I apologize I'll let some of the time, but okay, all the children... All, all the children's school. And you can line up here. We're just going to pray, lay hands on them. I want all the parents, the teachers, and anybody that's associated with school whatsoever, I want you to join up with us here. And we're going to pray for them. We're going to lay our hands on them. I want God to keep them. I want God to protect them. She's all right. Bring her just like that. That's right. Praise God. And, and we just want God to minister to them and, and protect them. Folks, I'm telling you. We need to pray, and not just from the natural things. That's very important. We don't want, you know, you know, you know the story. I ain't even gonna say it. But there's some spiritual things that goes on in the schools, okay? Some spiritual warfares and some things they may be introduced to that they never heard at home. They never saw. And how they, but God can protect them little ears. God can just sometimes. God can move in their little heart and saying, you know what? Don't come real good buddies to that one. And, and some would judge me for that, but that's okay. Huh. Jesus always pulled his people from the sons of Belial. He always separated his people, pulled them out, called them out. And nobody's better than nobody. We're all of dirt. Hmm. I know a situation is going on right tonight. That somebody's having to pay for something because he was associated with somebody else that helped commit the crime.
And that individual can't pay their part. So now this individual's paying the rest of it. By association. So it is important. What I'm talking about here tonight. Who they call friends. Don't you think the devil's not after your little darlings? Don't think he won't try to maneuver some folks to plant some things and plant some seeds and throw some things into their spirits and their hearts. And we're the mother. We got a father, but we're the mother. And so that's what this is all about. Praying a hedge around them. Praying protection. Praying God would keep them. And also to give them a desire. I want this to top it off. I want God to give them the desire to learn. Have a passion and desire to learn. I know what it is to sit in that class and hate it with everything in you. I wish somebody had been praying over me. And saying, oh boy, I wish that boy would get a desire to make all A's. He'd love to do homework. Hey, I'm more right here than you think. I want them to be A students. I want them to come out of there and, you know, who knows? They might be the ones that start the next, I mean, they may own the next three or four businesses in Bendales 25, 30 years from now. It's going to grow. You want apostolic stone at all or you won't? I'm sorry. But we want God to help us here tonight because he's here to help us, and we want him to. So I want all the, all the elders. My wife, I want you to come. Where are you at? Come on, Sister Moore. You're going to help us. Brother Ford, all the ministers, I want us to come. We're going we're gonna to go lay hands on them. We're going to pray God to touch them, God to bless them, God to help them. Amen. As they go to school and meet friends. You know what? There's some friends there that they need to meet. There's some friends there that's got a horrible home life and they could be blessed to God to be a friend to them to befriend them and love them and help them and you never know what it might just do God does so so would you help me pray just come together in and